Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Video talk show about television that will bring you something old and something new this week. Our second hour will include part one of a conversation with David Starzik. David Starzik, the actor who plays Richard Casablancas on Veronica Mars. That is coming up in our second hour. Coming up later on this hour, we will say hello to Will Beinbrink. Will is one of the stars of It Chapter 2. It Chapter 2, the number one movie in the U.S. and around the world as we speak. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us to help us mark a couple of important TV milestones as part of this week in TV history. Tony's segment, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, some of the California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble. For more information, storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. What do you have for us this week? All right, let's go uh, September 5th, 1929. Bob Newhart is born. I've been binge-watching the Bob Newhart you have, show. Yeah. Great show. It is. Easy to do. It is. And it is, It is. Uh, uh, other than the clothes, and particularly Bob's Hagar double-knit slacks. It is, I mean, I, I watched one yesterday. He's got a mustard sweater and yellow and yellow and brown plaid striped Hagar double knit slacks, and it's just other, other than that is the the fashions are the only thing that dates that show. Otherwise, it is a show because it's not a topical show. It's a show mm-hmm. about relationships, and it's a show about the friends you you work with and being married and just being a new uh, being a newly married couple, as David Davis reminds us through some of the extra features on the Shout Factory box set. It's a show that is, there's a reason why it's a show that's still very funny today. We're, we're talking about reactions and, and allowing time for setup. On many occasions in some of the extra features that, and some of the extra commentaries that Newhart provides, he brings up his experience on Big Bang Theory as an example of how it's done today and how you, you, you can't do the sort of setup that uh, they did for example, in the episode where Bob learns that Emily has a higher IQ than him. <laughs> and, oh. and that is, oh, you know, and, and again, that, that premise took five minutes to set up because they go back and forth. You couldn't do that no. in, a, in, in, in a show today. It's got to be done in 30 seconds and you move on to the next one. And, and that episode just played on and on, and then Emily gets invited to a high IQ club, and it's black tie, and he's wearing a suit, and people spoke to him like he was mentally challenged. Tom Tom Patchett, you know, one of the writers and later the later the co showrunner along with Jay Tarsus, he plays he plays he plays a guy whose gift is he can say people's names backwards. backwards. Yeah. So he and Emily start having an exchange talking backwards, and then what's your um, and, and what's your name, Bob? Can't do much with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just. And again, it was one of those. We talked about this in a previous segment. The punchline is the audience was already ahead of them. You know, what's your name? And then there's a pause, which Bob Newhart was so good at. And it was an ensemble show in the truest mm-hmm. sense yes. of the word. In that, uh, I mean, I think there's only a handful of shows in which Carol in which Marshall Wallace doesn't appear in. There's only mm-hmm. a handful of shows in which Bill Daly does, doesn't oh. appear in. I think there's only one show in which Plachette doesn't appear in. 
they would find, especially for especially for Peter Bonners and Marshall and Wallace, they would always find something for them to do. And and there have been a number of occasions where they would Bob Newhart would maybe give some funny lines away so that Bill had something to do or Marsha had something to do. And he brought up the example of um, Jack Benny. Yeah. His name's still on the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm the only one who knows I have a job next week, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, so, so you can, you, you can do that. And, and there's a reason why. This isn't on the DVD, but it's in Joey Green's book and the Bob Newhart show. Jack Riley, who played Mr. Carlin. Carlin who became one oh. of the iconic characters oh, yeah. of the show, said it took it, it took him until the sixth year before he finally got over the awe of being of working with Bob Newhart. That says something. That says a lot. Yeah. And that was another character that they would come up with some reason for Mr. Carlin to be there. Well he was like they're all not the cure all, but if they had a neurosis that they wanted to make that they wanted to poke fun at they give it to Carlin. Always. Yeah. <laughs> but just the idea, like the famous Mugu by Guy Pan yeah. episode, you know, that, that worked because you had all the male characters drunk. And it, it wouldn't have been as funny if they didn't come up with some reason for Mr. Carlin to show up yeah. at, at Bob's apartment. And it, it played out. But you would have some excuse that he happened to be at Thanksgiving or whatever the storyline was playing out. And it worked. It, even if it was just to deliver one smart aleck, maybe even mean-spirited line that it would, you know, so he was usually the more mean-spirited or hostile person, and it would not work if Bob or Jerry or Rod, uh, Roger um, or, or <laughs> Howard, Howard would have said, because it really would not work. It would be a funny line, but it would not necessarily work if those guys said it. And uh, maybe Carol could get away with it a little bit, but you give it to Elliot Carlin, and boom, and it's hysterical. And sometimes there is that fine line where you say or do something where it goes from being a comedy to a drama, and some people can get away with not only being able to do the delivery, but just their character can get away with saying it. And yeah, he, they they were great, but you had such a great ensemble. Also, just his group sessions, yeah, oh. all of that cast, and sometimes playing things out. Or Bob would try to use them as a sounding board to deal with an issue that he's trying to grapple with. And sometimes it's the people who are seen as a little bit crazy in his group who have the most logical sense of how to you know deal with the problem. And and the other thing that makes the show stand out is. Is even though it was the premise is inspired, you know, of given Bob you know, Bob Newhart, who's who made who who made who made a name for himself with the telephone routine, which is you know, based on reaction and delays and, and timings. So, putting him in a situation where he plays someone who reacts, you know, a, a, a psychologist. I mean, that's a that's a stroke. It's beautiful, but. Um, and they originally had it as a psychiatrist, right? And they decided that because psychiatrists tend to deal with you know, psychopaths and more dangerous and types they, of they, they they prescribe. Yes, some of their solutions are prescription based, and that's something maybe you could do today, but yeah. you couldn't do that in nineteen. You well, couldn't do that in nineteen. That was the dynamic when they introduced Lilith on Friends, yeah. because Frazier I'm on, on, on Cheers, uh, Frazier was a psychologist. Lilith, I believe, was a psychiatrist. Yeah. 
So they were in similar fields, but you know, Lilith had the prescription pad, and Fraser didn't, and so that could create a little friction with the characters. So you've you've got Bob, who is he's a problem solver. I mean, yeah. that's that's what a psychologist is supposed to do: help you solve your problems. And yet he could have gone the traditional well route where he was perfect, but you know, Bob, Bob, outside of the even even inside of the office, Bob could be petty. Yes, Bob, Bob could be petulant. So uh, he was a creature of habit. He was a creature of habit, and they made fun of that a lot. And uh, he did not like change. He did not like change, but you know, credit Newhart for allowing himself to play foibles that are not necessarily not everyone would do. That was the beauty of the comedy, it though. It was. And you know, he he has a a well defined stammer. Yeah. And from a post production standpoint, sometimes they needed to trim a little time here and there to get the episode to fit in the time constraints needed. And they approached him and said, we need you to not stammer. And his response was, that stammer paid for my house in Beverly Hills. That was, you know, they couldn't have him not be Bob Newhart. We are wishing Bob Newhart a very happy 90th birthday as part of a special encore edition of This Week in TV History. Later on in the program, we will have new interviews with David Starzik, the actor who plays Richard Casablancas on Veronica Mars, and Will Beinbrink. Will is one of the stars of the number one box office hit, It Chapter 2. He did his own warm-ups. Wow. No. Yeah. That I did not know. Okay, no. that's unreal. He did his own, he did his own warm-ups. For those who don't know, if when you shoot a comedy series in front of a live audience, um, you know, mo- in most cases you have you you have either um, one of the producers or you'll have a designated warm-up comedian who will do five ten minutes of jokes or gags to get the to get the audience to I guess loosen their laughing mm-hmm. muscles. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So that when you start rolling the show, you know, uh, you, you've already loosened, and so you'll, you'll naturally be inclined to laugh on the screen. Newhart, I, to my knowledge, Newhart's the only, he may have been the first to do this, but no, he did his own. And he did it because he, he, he wanted he wanted to, well, first of all, he was a stand-up by Comedian, trade. Yeah. So he, he, he was from that realm. But he, he, he felt it would be better for the show because that way, you know, they're accustomed to watching Bob Newhart making you laugh. And so when, so, and so when, uh, when he did his five minutes, he stopped being Bob Newhart, the performer, and assumed the personality of Bob Newhart, the well, character. Bob Hartley. Uh, yeah. Bob Hartley, thank you. Bob Hartley, the character. It, it, it just seemed you, you were accustomed to watching Bob Newhart. And from a performer's standpoint, was he also testing the audience, testing the waters of the audience? I Perhaps think, I, I think so. He talked because he, he talks about this a lot in the extra features about the value of doing the show in front of a live audience because you know the audience doesn't lie; they'll tell you if something's funny or not. Yes. And he had a there was one instance where he was working with uh, Patchett and Tarsus, Tom Patchett and Jay Tarsus, and. They went back and forth throughout the week over a particular line, and Bob said, this is not going to work. And Patchett and Tarsus says, yes, it will. Yes, it will. Come Friday, they do the show. The line went over. I forget the line, but it, it got zero reaction from the, from the audience. And so, but, but, but being a trooper, Bob went with it. They finished the show. 
uh, patch it in Tarsus, went up to Bob and said, you're right, we'll never doubt you again, you know, so, um, and he said, well, it's, it wasn't me, it's just, I know the audience is not going to react to that, and they didn't, and mm -hmm. so, uh, they learned to defer to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a difference between a line not being funny and the audience not reacting. Right, and, and, that, and that was the key, he said, Newhart says, the audience will not find this funny. And, and this is not to disparage the audience. You do have, especially with situation comedies done before live audience, they have a reading on Monday mm -hmm. at the table. It's hysterical. They are rehearsing in front of the crew. The crew is in stitches. They have a final dress rehearsal where they bring in a real audience for the final dress to test their, and it falls flat. Right. And it's just a matter of you know and the audience is you know from wherever wherever they got these people on a bus the audience is a random sampling of what would be the television audience and you have to kind of realize oh this is too broad this is too you know it's a, and it couldn't it's not necessarily an intellectual thing it might be funny if you live in LA but if you don't live in LA it doesn't work and it's you know it's, it's something when you and, and Bob being somebody who has worked the road which is a big difference than being based in New York or L.A. Uh, most stand-up comedians, in order to be successful on a national level, they have to have worked the road and met and seen, and, and that's, that's uh, part of Bob's schooling. We are saying happy birthday to Bob Newhart as part of our schooling, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. Later on in the program, we will have new interviews with David Starzik, the actor who plays Richard Casablancas on Veronica Mars, and Will... Beinbrink. Will is one of the stars of the number one box office hit, It, Chapter 2. All six seasons of the Bob Newhart Show are available as a complete series box set through Shout Factory. We mentioned how Bob Newhart did his own warm-ups every week just before the live taping of the Bob Newhart Show in front of the studio audience. Two things. One, Ken Levine, the Emmy Award-winning writer-producer behind MASH, Cheers, Frasier, has a great piece on his blog which uh, which we link to our uh, Facebook page at uh, facebook.com forward slash talking about the difference between warm-ups today uh -huh. and warm-ups back in the 70s. And today, they, they can spend up, up to an hour doing various things, you know, gags and one-liners and stuff like that before the show starts rolling so that the audience is tired. Mm. Before, wow. And, and, and whereas back when New Art was doing the show, back, you know, um, uh, when Cheers were doing a show, they would do maybe 10, 15 minutes at yeah. most. So you don't, you don't want to wear out the audience. No, you don't. I've, I've known a few guys, um, Robert uh, Lee or Bob Lee did, uh, you know, Cheers and, and Wings and a lot of other shows. Uh, Michael Rayner, who does a, an incredible jungle, juggling act and has been on Letterman, he does a, a lot of shows today. And there is a science, but... You know, uh, the warm-up comedian could be blamed also. Right. Oh, the, this audience is, nothing's working today. Well, it's the warm-up's fault. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the writers and the actors could blame the warm-up that he didn't do a good job warming them up. Well, you couldn't do that with Newhart because he was the warm-up. He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, but I also remember as a kid, uh, a lot of times the final dress rehearsal, you know, the writers would be doing the warm-up and then they would have somebody else do it for the tape. But uh, I remember seeing Mork and Mindy, and uh, Robin Williams would sometimes leave the stage and contribute to the warm-up yeah. efforts. He wasn't the warm-up guy, but he would be going over there and keeping the energy going. 
especially if uh, like Pam Dauber would have a, a lengthy wardrobe mm-hmm. change, and he didn't. And now Gary Chandling, with it, with its Gary Chandling show, he would do that a lot when which, they would. Which, you know, which get goes in back to what scenes. we said before. Yeah. It's 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 smart for the star to do that because yeah. Oh, yeah. You, it again, it's you're you're kind of creating you're you're getting the audience familiar with the idea. Okay, this is someone who hopefully will make you laugh in the next thirty minutes. So you're built you're you're building a rapport with the audience. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is, which is very very smart. Go to go back before I forget. Because you, you're, you're talking about the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. You would start with the Monday read-through, and then you would do warm-up and massage it before you start taping on Friday before the live audience. One reason, if I understand this correctly, why Newhart did not like to rehearse as much as some other actors, it's not that he didn't rehearse, but it's just that he knew that there would be an evolution between Monday and Friday, yeah. So, you know, th- there, and so he did not want to get too attached to certain pages or certain bits until it got closer to the to tape night, and then you know because 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 he knew that things would change, and he, once it got closer to a shooting script, then he would go through it once or yeah, twice, and that and that way it would stay fresh with them. That that's a big deal because there are people who would memorize the script as yeah. soon as they got it and know. Because you know Monday it's all white pages, yeah. and then you know Tuesday yeah, blue and pink blue and, and canary. And by and, Friday it's a rainbow. It's, it's a <laughs> rainbow, and a lot of people, you know, realize I'm working too hard if they're going to change all yeah. of this. So let me get the S. You know, I'm going to by Wednesday morning I'm still going to have that script in hand. You know, and so they you know they know, and it's just something. It's going to be less labor intensive that way. They have the gist, they have the essence, they have the spirit. You know, one thing breaks in the news, and the whole script's going to have to be redone for you know, depending on how topical the humor is. And so they know, and they know for the final dress rehearsal what is working and what is not. And even during the final taping, there's going to be rewrites. There's going to be dialogue on a piece of masking tape on the tabletop for the actor to kind of work off of as well. So it is better to keep the essence of what is on the page as opposed to, you know, devouring the page because it's going to change. We are wishing Bob Newhart a very happy 90th birthday as part of a special encore edition of This Week in TV History. Later on in the program, we will have new interviews with David Starzik, the actor who plays Richard Casablancas on Veronica Mars, and Will Beinbrink. Will is one of the stars of the number one box office hit, Chapter 2. Take a quick time out, and we'll continue our conversation with Tony and Donna here on TV Confidential. Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com slash advertise. One more item. If you're a fan of the Bob Newhart Show and have been waiting patiently for the last two seasons of the Bob Newhart Show to be released on DVD... Wait no more. Our friends at Shelf Factory are releasing not only seasons five and six of the Bob Newhart Show, but all six seasons of the Bob Newhart Show as a complete series box set. The Bob Newhart Show, of course, was not only one of the great sitcoms from MTM, but it was also one of the funniest sitcoms ever made for network television. Bob Newhart was and is one of the greatest reactors in TV history, so casting him as a psychologist was a stroke of genius. Plus, he received able support every week from Bill Daly, 
Marsha Wallace, Peter Bonners, Jack Riley, and of course, Suzanne Plachette. All 142 episodes of The Bob Newhart Show are available as part of a four-volume 19 DVD box set that also includes such extra features as the original unaired pilot, audio commentaries, a gag reel, a 40-page essay by Emmy Award-winning writer Vince Waldron, and a whole lot more. That's The Bob Newhart Show, the complete series box set edition, available now on DVD from our friends at Shout Factory. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. The Golden and Silver Age of Television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for... Several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have. Many have happened to me. Many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not. It's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes, Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again, which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle. At FallAgainSeries.com. Hi, this is Bill Daly. You're listening to TV Confidential. I'll tell you more, but it's confidential. Have a nice day. Buy bonds. Write a piece of work and hang by your thumbs. I love this show. Robertson with a reminder that Will Bindbrink will join us later on this hour. Will plays Tom Rogan in It Chapter 2. It Chapter 2, the number one movie in America and around the world as we speak. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we wish a very happy 90th birthday to Bob Newhart as part of this week in TV history. All Six seasons of the Bob Newhart Show are available on DVD as a complete series box set through Shout Factory. When we had Bill Daly on, uh, we talked about how he and Newhart knew each other long before the Bob Newhart Show. They worked together in Chicago um, in the late 50s, early 60s. Peter Bonners and Bob Newhart worked together on Catch-22, and... That was one reason why Newhart recommended that they cast Peter Bonners, mm-hmm. but it was also because he had worked with the committee uh-huh. in San Francisco, and so Bob knew that Peter was used to working in front of a live audience, and so wherever possible, he recommended that you cast 
actors who were accustomed to working live. And Howard brilliant. Hussman was part of the committee yeah. who would later come in, I think when, after they killed off Mr. Gianelli. Yes. Uh, when he got, uh, what, he was uh, uh, hit by a zucchini truck, or was he, yeah. It was. It had to do with the zucchini truck. Yeah, right. the truck was zucchini. Yeah, but it was it was the poem. We you helped us all in every way and got inside her head, and that's why I hear the saying, "Carol Burson, Mr. Jane Hill." Yeah, but that yeah, I mean that was a, a brilliant moment. In, and I, I in think the that the was I think that was within a year. Yeah, Either, I, I don't know if it was before or after Chuckles the Clown, but it was within a year. Yeah, this is the other thing. I think I think Mr. Gianelli was killed off before Chuckles. Okay. Newhart, the Bob Newhart show was not nominated for a single Emmy. Amazing. I found that shocking. Yeah. And I think Newhart, Newhart says because, no, Newhart, Newhart didn't say this. Marshall Wallace said this. Kind of, I don't think Newhart would. I don't think Newhart would say this. Marshall Wallace said, "I think because we made it look so easy." Yeah. People. I can see that. Yeah. And I, in retrospect, it's brilliant. It's. Oh, and I, it's how, funnier than shows that won Emmys. Uh-huh. How, how many shows do you know that when you look back, you go, they hit it out of the park week after week yeah. and never got recognized. And then you have shows, and I wouldn't say that they're phoning it in one week, but you know there is that one memorable show where they really you know did something special or unique with that show. Uh, you know, All in the Family, we, we talked about that a few weeks ago. They hit it out of the park week after week. But you recognize the, you know, Edith being raped, you know, at Emmy time, you know, uh, an episode that wasn't that funny. Right. Uh, or uh, you, know, you would have, you had those type of episodes that kind of stood they, out. They didn't have very, the, the Bob Newhart show, or to, or for that matter, Newhart, yeah. didn't have very important episodes. No, they, no, never did. they there didn't. There was never one episode that, you know, would be teased. If you only watch one episode, watch, you know, that would be like the game right. changer. No. No, but Newhart, I think, brought together excellent writing, excellent actors, and I'm giving the director credit in this, too. Excellent direction. The marriage is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene from the Bob Newhart show is actually not from the Bob Newhart show. It's the last scene of Newhart, Newhart right, with, 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 which was yeah. brilliant. And, that, and, and, and uh, that was, for that, we have Jenny Newhart, Bob Newhart's wife in real life. She came up with that. It was her idea. That was amazing. Amazing. And it just brought, And then they did a reunion uh, thing with Bob. In New- 1991. 1991. Where, where the premise was off that yeah. moment. <laughs> and it was, yeah, basically a, a, you know, an elaborate clip show, but instead of just having them sit around, you know, just saying, hey, remember when we shot this? You know, they, they, they had fun with it. But then Roger had the the five the long dream about uh, being an astronaut. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah, that was... Uh, or uh, Howard had Howard. The, the dream, and they, they actually played off of that as well. I read one, uh, one year when Nick and Knight was running both Newhart and Genie. Yeah. They did a Sunday night thing. They, did, they, they took three episodes of Genie and three episodes of the Bob Newhart show. And Bill Daly hosted it as both Howard and... Oh, they did Roger. a split screen, yeah. Yes, it was Roger and the U- two uniforms. Yes. The, uh, yes. the Air Force, no, the Army uniform and the yeah. uh, pilot uniform. Yeah. Navigator. Yeah, navigator. Yes. 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 And it was funny because and, and it's it, it's interesting watch watching Bill as both Howard and Roger. Howard, I mean, Roger was goofy, but Roger was smart. Mm-hmm. At least certainly smarter than Howard. Yes. <laughs> smart enough to go into space. Yes. Granted, navigating a plane, you know, uh, <laughs> it's plays a lot but uh 
but still, yeah, it was different types of uh, comedy. And uh, but I think with uh, Roger, he got to do things like the, the one episode where they did the body switch with Tony and Roger. Yes, and the physicality to try to be straight laced. Let me say, I didn't want to say straight. They did they, in, in the in the la- one of the last episodes of the Bob Newhart show. They had a dream where Howard and Bob switch switch personalities. Huh. It's funny. I'm sure. <laughs> and, yeah. So Bill Daly that's, got that's to do that, that, that premise twice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bob Newhart, you know, he had several shows. He had a, a Bob Newhart type talk show in the 60s that nobody remembers. He won the he, Peabody Award. He got, he got the he, Peabody. I think he won the, he, he won the best Emmy variety show and he won the Peabody Award and got canceled. In the same year. Ouch. Then he had, of course, the Bob Newhart, then Newhart, then Bob. Bob in which he played a comic strip. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, he he, he illustrated. Yeah, of, of a superhero. Yeah, and uh, basically he had retired, and then he didn't like what they did with the character, and he came back, and then he did a show with, with uh, uh, Judge Hurt, George oh, and Leo. George and Leo. Which his real first name is George. Yeah. George Robert Newhart. So yeah, it's that every every uh, every variation of his name. Has the only been thing the he hasn't done is a show called The. The. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he uh, and. You know, I, when I was finally won an Emmy the year before last because of for, for Big Bang Theory. That's amazing. Yeah. That yeah, it's good that they they gave to him. He used to uh, step in. I, I worked at the Radio Shack in Westwood, and he was a frequent customer there because he had a new computer uh, when these things were new, and he was writing his jokes on computer. And this Radio Shack was unique that it had a computer center, uh, which not all of them had at the time. But we had like this junk box where old cables and cords and things were just stashed. We yeah. didn't want to throw it away. I've got one of those. Yeah, you have, <laughs> like, everybody has their junk drawer, you know. And we just had this box of uh, you know old cables and cords and things like that. That uh, you know for the computer that was in the store. Uh, you know, if we needed to jerry rig something, we just kept those cables. Uh, because they didn't sell a lot of different adapter parts at the time. And, and, if, and at that time, if Radio Shack didn't have it, it probably didn't exist. Now you have other outlets if you need to you know, get the square peg into a round hole. Well, he was on the cutting edge of having home computers. And there were you know, upgrades and things like that and the new equipment. And the old equipment didn't always be compatible. And one time I said, just come with me. And I showed him the junk box. And he was just rifling through there, and he's just talking out loud with me. He said, "Oh wow, you know, if I if if I'm able to adapt this thing to this thing over there, I think I'm going to have what I need." And he said, "Yeah, and I, we don't sell it. I'm going to have to talk to somebody about making an adapter." And but he was like Jerry rigging the adapter there in the store. And he said, "Well, how much do I owe you for this?" He said, "This is our junk box. You can have it." You know how cool it's going to be. I'm going to tell people Bob Newhart actually was rifling, and he was cool with that. Well, his uh, one of his sons, his son Robert, is yeah. uh, is an IT guy. Is that, it's a, that probably explains I'm sure a lot there's a because, line, yeah. you know, at that time, you know, nice computer, too. computers were new and they were scary things. And, you know, people think if you press the wrong button, you might launch missiles. I mean, yeah. people, some people probably still think that. But, I mean, that's what, and he was kind of uh, fearless and, you know, kind of creating, uh, you know, something that didn't exist at the time. And in between, we would chat about at that time you know, finding his albums on cassette or re-releasing because I had known most of Bob Newhart's comedy routines. I knew because my parents were divorced and I would fly to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And on those long flights, you used to have one channel that was comedy. 
And a lot of that was Bob Newhart and Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. And they were excerpts, not the full albums, but excerpts from those comedy albums. You couldn't do George Carlin or Red Fox. You would have a lot of Bob Newhart, a lot of Bill Cosby, uh, some old radio stuff with W.C. Fields and Edgar Bergen, maybe a little Shelley Berman here and there. And you would have somebody that would be kind of like the comedy DJ that would set up the routine, which often sometimes would, you know, just get to the routine. We don't need, you know, but they might give a historical that's off of this album and all that. And they play it. So most of what I knew of Bob Newhart as a comedian was from flying. And, <laughs> you know, there's still some issues. I mean, I have a lot of his work on, on CDs yeah. now. Uh, that's right. But at that time, there were issues about, you know, the button-down mind of, of Bob Newhart and all. And at that time, he really didn't know what was going to happen. And he was still doing Newhart right. at, at this time. So, you know, the fact that somebody younger was interested in getting, like, stuff that he did in the 60s that I knew from flying. You know, I think he was rather flattered. But it is kind of fun to get to have a chat with a guy while yeah, he's absolutely. just trying to jerry-rig <laughs> uh, computer funny. equipment. We are wishing Bob Newhart a very happy 90th birthday as part of a special encore edition of This Week in TV History. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.